Howdy everyone! Welcome to Sweet Talk. Uh, <laughs> we actually, uh, we're kind of in the middle of like a really just interesting conversation. And, and I was like, this would be really good to have on the podcast. <laughs> so, <laughs> so here we are. <laughs> having it on. <laughs> no, for real, you gave me your cough. What the fuck, dude? <laughs> like, I don't know how oh I like. My sickness is... My God, is contagious over the radio waves! Um, <laughs> but, but no, we were having a really good conversation about... Because, uh, you know, we've, we've mentioned in the past two episodes that we're kind of moving away from just purely wrestling content just because both of us are having interesting feelings and interactions with wrestling. But we wanted to do, you know, at least one... We're not, like, going away from it entirely. We wanted to do one that was, you know, just talking about, like, some of the general things that have happened in wrestling and, uh, you know, just our usual, you know, thoughts about the wrestling industry and how the business works. And we were having a conversation about how a certain person has been annoying me about <laughs> their place in the company and their role and how important they are and how maybe they need to shut their holier-than-thou mouth the fuck up. Um, but it, it led to a conversation about how there's nothing wrong with being a mid-carder or even a jobber. Because, and that's something I firmly believe. And I was just telling Naya about how, like, I think the premier example of that, sorry to jump right into it, but... It, yeah. It's a hazard. Um, but... I think the premier example of that is Billy Gunn because, I mean, Billy Gunn's not ever been a world champion and unless something goes on very, very weird at AEW, uh, he probably will never be a world champion. But people remember him and people like him and people think he's great. Because he is. He's great. He's very good at what he does. But he firmly planted himself in the mid-card, but he always told stories. He always was like, he's telling a story with... Uh, Chuck, with China, with, I think even a little while with Hunter. Like, he was always putting on shows and putting on stories and that's why they kept giving him time because he was like a mid-carter who was filling, because you can't just have a show be about your champions. Mm -hmm. You need something to like fill that space. And there's nothing wrong with being the space filler. You know, like, the other example I, I really gave was Eddie Guerrero. Eddie Guerrero was a mid-carder for most of his career. He had, like, exactly one brush with the title. I mean, like, when he had his very famous match with The Rock, he was mid-carder. When he did most of his most memorable moments, he was a mid-carder. And, but I mean, he's one of the single most memorable wrestlers in history, and one of the most beloved ones in history, and he was fine, for the most part, being in the mid-card. He didn't need a title. He didn't need... He didn't even need, like, one of the mid-card titles. He could just do things well, and he didn't need anything more than the opportunity that was given to him. I and like, there... I was gonna say, I feel like to me, like, that's kind of one of the things I feel like is, like, lost on wrestling and why sometimes it feels like the magic of it is gone. Mm -hmm. And it's because I 
feel like there are so many wrestlers who are so focused on I want to be the champion, I want to be the face of the company, I want to be the person on the talk shows, the person, you know, on the side of the building, blah, 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 instead of just focusing on, like, can I tell the most compelling mm-hmm. story and put on the best match and, like, you know, be memorable. Like, something my wrestling coach always says is that the the champion isn't the person at the end of the night who leaves with the cha- with the title. The champion is the person who leaves on the fan's mind. Because mm-hmm. that's the person who stuck with everybody the most. And that, that, you know, what they did and what they provided in that show was what meant the most to those people. And, you know, I feel like, like, especially in the major wrestling companies right now, like, there are so many wrestlers. And even wrestling fans, too, like, their, their whole focus on what makes something good or you know you know what is the sign that somebody is a good wrestler is that they have a title or that they have had a title or are they on their way to a title and i feel like that's why you know some of these like championship moments or even the whole reign you find that like somebody's been champion for this long or that long and you don't remember a fucking second of it it might as well have not happened you know Mm because they didn't do anything of any kind of substance the entire time that they were champion or you know Sorry, this slight add on to that. If people do remember, but only because of like what their opponent did. Yeah, yeah. <coughs> yeah. <coughs> yeah. 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 yeah, actually, like seriously, like, the most memorable part of you know that reign was like you know certain other people who she faced. You know, I legitimately um, only remember her match with Sasha. It's crazy because that's one of my favorite match. But you know what? You want to know what I say? And this match, that match is why I say this. If your best, if your best match is against Sasha Banks, and that's your only classic match, then that's not that's not a you classic. That's a Sasha classic. And I said that to somebody about Becky Lynch because they were like, we were having that conversation about like whether or not Becky Lynch has classics. And I'm like, listen, Becky Lynch has two top tier matches. They're both against Sasha Banks. They're not Becky Lynch classics. Those are Sasha Banks classics. You don't get to claim that match because that match is not good because of Becky, and that match was not good because of Ronda. That match was good because of Sasha fucking Banks because Sasha Banks is the type of wrestler, you know, who has that mentality of like, I'm gonna put everything and dedicate myself into, you mm-hmm. know, the story of this match and the quality of this match. She is that wrestler who has that mentality, you know, and that's why she, that's why she connects with so many people, you know. And Sasha Banks, I mean. Generally speaking, you could almost say that Sasha Banks spent a lot of time as a mid-carder herself, you know, because she wasn't getting all the opportunities that she should have been getting for a really long time. I mean, I was even going to bring up, I feel like I swear I remember Naomi saying that, you know, if she gets into the, the autumn years of her career, she doesn't necessarily care about holding titles so much. Or making historic moments so yeah, much as she just she wants to tell a good story. And I think even Mustafa Ali, he was like, I just want to tell good stories. And what Naomi said in particular, which I think, you know, that's kind of one of the things that makes me sad when it comes to her, is that it wasn't even that she said she wants to tell good stories. She said that she wanted to have a real storyline, which is for somebody who's been wrestling for over a decade, it's kind of sad that the first time she's had like a storyline storyline was against Sonya last year 
you know, and even that was, like, pretty poorly handled, if you ask me, but, like, you know, that was the thing that she said she wanted, like, before I retired, oh. I wanted to do a story. Well, hey, 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 let's be fair, she also had that somewhat shorter storyline with, uh, Mandy, where Mandy was trying to fuck her husband, because yeah, that was cool. great for everyone involved. <laughs> I hated that so much. I completely washed it from memory. <laughs> and you know, yeah, like, you know. Sorry, if you wanted to continue. Well, no, I was just gonna say, you know, like, yeah, like you were saying, that that's like those wrestlers like Mustafa and Naomi who are like, we just want to tell good stories. That's what I want to dedicate myself to. It doesn't have to be about a title. It doesn't have to be about you know, I'm the face of the company. It can just be about, you know, you know, just, you know, telling a story and giving people something good to leave with. Then I don't see why they have to fight so hard to get that done because that's what wrestling should be about. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think as fans and as people who are, you know, you and I somewhat hopeful to one day be a part of the wrestling business, I think it's also frustrating when you see a clear path set out mm -hmm. that would make the most sense. Like, I'll use... I've, this is what I've been saying recently. And I don't want anyone to construe this as me being like, you know, I'm a huge Austin Theory fan. Because I, I... I'll be honest. I do think he is extremely talented. I think anyone saying he's not is... Um, looking at it from the viewpoint of his past actions outside of the ring and not his actions inside, um, which is fair. Interpret it however you want. But ever since he won the Money in the Bank briefcase, I have firmly believed that the only correct course of action is for him to lose and be humiliated. And it's not because of any issue I have with him as a person. It's because I think that that is the only way to progress his character and to progress him as a wrestler and as a performer. I think that he needs to be humiliated. I think that he needs to slight be slightly repackaged into something more serious, be it as a face or a heel. Um, because, like I said, I think that is the only way to progress him forward. Because if they do not do something to progress him forward then he's going to stagnate. And we've seen what happens with characters like this who stagnate. And I think that it would be a waste of his talent, because again, I do think he is talented. And I think that it would be a waste of that to not do this. And, you know, it was similar with, you know, I mean, we've seen it time and time again. You and I have, have talked many times about how, you know, the best path for Roman's title reign to end is, you know, Bianca or Jay. And there are two very clear paths that they could take to get to Bianca or to get to Jay. And I don't... And I think it's difficult when you see something that you feel is so obvious about yep. a story that could be told. Because um, even, even at SummerSlam, I'm not going to lie... There was a part of me, and obviously this isn't just about like storytelling. There was more going on behind the scenes that led to this not happening. But when when uh, Bailey and her uh, new uh, faction showed up, 
in my head, I was like, this is the perfect time to have Sasha and Naomi come back. Yes, literally. And I thought it was, I'm going to be honest, I may have been high out of my mind at that moment, but I, I actually have a video of me, because like I said, we were by the pool watching it, and I'm like, oh my god, Sasha and Naomi are coming. Like, I just That's what I thought, I'm not going to lie, that's what I thought too. Like, <laughs> I just knew they were, I literally like told my friend, I was like, they're about to come, they're, like, they're literally about to come out. But, you know, and then we got something else instead. Yeah. God. But uh. But yeah, it's Personally, it's. Sorry, just to comment on that, and again, just in uh, terms <laughs> of like things happening that don't really make sense, in my opinion. And I again, I'm saying this as somebody who has not watched the product in a good two or three months. But to me, it seemed very random for Becky to just all of a sudden decide that she respects Bianca and uh, unless that's the story they were telling in that match I do I did hear they had a like really strenuous like long match or something but unless that's the exact story they were telling in that match I don't really see how it makes sense for Becky to just decide that all of a sudden she respects Bianca and um, now she's on her side and now she's a good guy it didn't actually I don't really see that there's any like anything that happened that led to that happening which it's fine because you know wrestling anything can happen at random times for whatever reason it doesn't always always have to have a like uh justification or like a huge long backstory to it but also like wouldn't it be better if it did i i mean we were we were going to talk a little bit about SummerSlam one way or another in this one just because obviously it was a big thing that happened recently um and Everyone listening knows that I hate Becky. Um, there is literally one person in wrestling who I hate more than her. Um, and I have far more concrete reasons for hating him. Uh, though she's catching up. Uh, but I hate her and I recognize that anything I am going to say about her matches with Bianca, her anything like that, it is going to be somewhat biased just because of the intensity of my feelings towards that particular human on this earth. And with that said, I really hate her matches with Bianca. Um, I think they have zero chemistry. I think that Bianca has to overwork to compensate for Becky not really being as good as her. Um, I think this is also something that, and hold on folks, Naya has also gone away for just a second here. That seems to keep going on. Looks like she's coming back. Sorry about that, guys. We don't actually really know what's going on with the clean feed today. Uh, it seems to just be kind of popping in and out. Uh, we will be back in just a second. Sorry about that, guys. Like I said, some technical difficulties keep popping up. It's, you know, something we're all used to here at this point. Um, but uh, I was just saying... And again, all of this is colored by me just thinking that Becky is not a good wrestler. I, I genuinely, I think she is okay. I think she is a solid mid-carder. I think that she would do really well in a well-built tag team. 
because she, to me, is a wrestler that should come in and do, like, the hot spots, uh, and, like, get her, like, you know, her surprise submissions and shit like that. Um, but I hate her matches with Bianca actively, and I hate her matches with Sasha actively, and I hate her matches with Charlotte actually, because I feel like Charlotte also has to wrestle down. Um, I actually agree with that. I it's not a lot of Be- Becky's matches with Charlotte are extremely overrated. I mean, I will say, like, I I don't remember if we actually did an episode on this year's WrestleMania. Um, but obviously, Be- uh, Becky and Bianca had a match at that, and everyone was praising it and calling it like a match of the year and a classic and match of the night and I was like this match was actively bad like it was botchy it was bad it was horribly paced all of it sucked the only good part was Bianca winning um and Bianca's entrance that was wonderful um and on the opposing side of that I actually thought Ronda and Charlotte's match was really good <laughs> um which was odd it was a very odd series of emotions for me to say that out loud um but then again i've also come to the conclusion that i believe Rhonda has improved significant <coughs> sorry no it's cool <laughs> i have come to the conclusion that i believe Rhonda rousey has improved significantly as a wrestler uh since she's come back uh I don't think she, she needed to have titles or, uh, uh, like, win the Rumble or anything like that. I think all of that was pointless and ridiculous. Um, but I do think she's improved. The match that, uh, where she and Naomi teamed up and faced Charlotte and Sonya, I thought that was phenomenal. Uh... I thought her and Charlotte's match at WrestleMania, while not a, like, classic or anything, I thought it was fun. I think Charlotte gets to work a little stiffer with Ronda, and I think Ronda gets to work a little stiffer with Charlotte, and I think both of them thrive in an environment where they can kind of go a little, you know, shoot instead of work. Um... I'll agree because I feel like I was also one of the people who was very I mean I wasn't surprised that people didn't like Ronda and Charlotte's match because I think people were A upset that they were main eventing and uh, Bianca and Becky weren't and then B um, also really um, just because they don't like they don't like Sasha I mean they don't like Charlotte and Ronda but I also was up the belief that their match was pretty good at WrestleMania, but I also know that for me, I like wrestling. I'm a firm believer in wrestling should be a struggle. I like wrestling that looks like, to a degree, looks like a quote-unquote real fight. Yeah. So when things are, like, when things aren't seamless, like the transitions aren't seamless and all of that, I don't mind that because I think that that's how wrestling should look. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why I personally, I really enjoyed both of Charlotte and Ronda's matches. Um, but I didn't watch Becky and Bianca's match at SummerSlam. Um, I missed it. Like I said, I literally only watched Becky Bailey's return. I, um, but yeah, I, I have to watch it. Another note I will make on Bianca and Becky's match. 
I will have to preface with saying that this applies to most of the matches at SummerSlam. I don't know what happened in production that led to this, but every match, except maybe Ronda and Liv, and maybe one other, went on entirely too long. Every single match. Becky and Bianca... A, I'm not gonna lie, I think that's a Hunter thing. I, really I think that's a Hunter thing. That's because that was a big issue I had with NXT Black and Gold. Every match, even if the match was like relatively good, my one critique would always be this match is too fucking long. It could have been like five to ten minutes shorter. Yeah. Um. So I, I honestly think that that's just a hunter thing. And yeah. I kind of am sad that that's going to be <laughs> something that you're gonna have to just get used to moving forward. Well, I'm holding out hope. I'm holding out hope that it's gonna. Some of it's going to be reined in just because of the um, the standards that have been set on the main roster. Because, um, I mean, NXT, NXT actually has, you know, moved to having the shorter matches a lot of the time, too. And I think it's proven that's that that's Sean positive. Yes, because Sean understands how people need to wrestle. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, that, that was another... You know, we'll just go ahead and just kind of review SummerSlam, and I know you didn't watch it terribly closely, but I'll uh, I didn't watch it at all. <laughs> I'll uh, I'll just kind of go through and what I remember of it. All the matches were too long, just straight up every single one. Um, the only one that I'll really give a pass to was the main event, and that was because I just had a lovely time. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Women's ma- Raw women's match went on way too long. Becky turning a face at the end um, just seemed cheap and rushed. It seemed like they knew they were having Bailey come back. So they were like, well, we, are- we have this heel. So do we need another? Um, because they kind of are afraid to have too many women who are heels. Um, at any one time, which is frustrating because let women be evil uh, please and um, so that was an issue uh, and I do think that's why Becky got the face turn and I think it was extra called because she apparently is injured um, and I uh I just, I mean, I just, I just don't have anything positive to say about the match other than Bianca winning. In my mind, her first match against Becky at WrestleMania should have lasted five seconds. And no one will ever convince me otherwise. I don't care. I do not care about anybody's arguments. I don't care about what they think of the match. It should have been five seconds. With the Becky and Bianca match? Yes. It should have been five seconds. I, I agree. I feel like they should have just did the flip of, like last year. I honestly feel like they should have done that at WrestleMania. I I enjoyed their WrestleMania match. I feel like that was one of Becky's better non-Sasha matches. But, um, I wanted, that's how I wanted the WrestleMania match to go. I did not want to see, <laughs> I'm gonna keep it real, I wanted it to be like Spear KOD match over. Yep. But, um, I, uh, uh, and after that, I would have been fine with them having, like, a full, like, th- long, thought-out match at, like, Backlash. I would have been okay with that. 
that like that would have been fine because you get your big pop moment and then you have an actual match later. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I would have been okay with that, even though I mean I wouldn't have been okay with that because it would have meant Becky is going to wrestle on screen, and I hate that, and that is a struggle every single time. But I mean, <laughs> y- you know, with SummerSlam. I, again, I could have handled it if, it if if it was just ten minutes shorter. I would have been like, okay, this this was it. This was at least bearable because Bianca is there. Um, if it had been against anybody else, I would have just like put headphones in. Um, but I'm trying to remember what. Let me look up the rest of the card because I don't even. God, it felt like a. Had a match against the Street Profits. Yeah. Oh my god. That fucking match. Oh my god. Sorry. I... I'll, I'll talk about that when, when I come across it. Um, let me see what the card was. Just show me the card. Um, oh! Uh, Logan Paul in The Miz had a match? Uh, it was great. It was great. It was awesome. I'm not very surprised to hear that. Yeah, it was just it was a nice match. It was a nice, solid mid-card match. Uh, Logan Paul is just a, a good starting wrestler. Um, obviously, he's not, you know, like, phenomenal or anything yet, but he's good. He's I think he's he's taking it seriously. Uh, and he it shows. Uh, and The Miz is obviously, like, the perfect person for a lot of starters to work with. Because you know The Miz is going to help you through every <laughs> you know he's going to help you through every single second of everything you do because yeah. you know the miz was once upon a time the kind of like non-wrestling celebrity who got into wrestling and got shit for it so he uh he definitely uh is the perfect person to help with that um and to be Logan Paul's, like, real first feud. Um, Can I just say, going back to what we were talking about earlier a little bit, like, The Miz is a classic example of, like, one of those people who just gets that. I think, like, that guy, he's he's at the very least going to put his effort into whatever it is he does. 100%. You know, I, I, I can't, I don't have a lot of respect for wrestlers who are like, well, I'm above this, so I'm not gonna put any effort into it. I don't like. I don't give a fuck. I feel like anything you're involved in, you should want to give your all to. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, your name is attached to it, and you should want to give something to the fans to take home at the end of the night. And I think the Miz just fucking gets that because you know, even from the beginning of his career, people never took him seriously. So he had to make people take him seriously, and I think he still carries that with him to this day. Yes. He's like he's like. And even, I also say Sami Zayn is another one where, like, people are like, I can't believe they're going to have Sami Zayn face Johnny Knoxville. And I can't believe they're going to have Logan Paul face The Miz. But it's like, who better? Because they're actually going to put their all into it and make you give a shit that they're wrestling Johnny Knoxville. Or- and then Sami and Johnny's match was the second best match at WrestleMania. Like, what? <laughs> Like, because they put the effort into making sure it was something that you could 
I did not. I do not remember seeing one person in that audience who did not look like they were having the. Even if they hated it, it looked like they were involved, and I will take that. And me, my. <laughs> They didn't even know who Johnny Knoxville was. They didn't really give a shit about him. But, like, everybody was, like, invested. We were all just having the time of our lives watching that match. Like, my parents are not super into wrestling anymore. um, Except on, like, the occasional thing. But they loved that. Because it was so much like the wrestling that they watched when they were into wrestling. So, it it was just, it, it was everything that it needed to be, and it's absurd that people are having so much doubt about things like that. Um, after Logan and The Miz uh, had their match, uh, Bobby and Austin had a match, and I don't actually really remember most of this. It was pretty, I do remember that it was pretty good, it was watchable. It was an eminently watchable match. <laughs> um... It wasn't super impressive. There was, you know, they did some fun athletic stuff. Um, Bobby won. It was great. Uh, you know, it was it was the only match that felt as long as it needed to be because it was just short of five minutes, um, which is exactly what it should have been. And I, I, I was perfectly fine with that. I was like, yeah, all right, this works. This is good. Um, then it was the Mysterios and Judgment Day, and Edge came back, um, which it didn't hit me. It literally didn't hit me until after the match, but I was like, because Ray and Edge were tag team champions. <laughs> I was like, wait. No, listen. So that was another thing that I caught a glimpse of, because, like, again, I was, like, in and out of consciousness. <laughs> that edible was really strong, guys. Don't do drugs. Um, but, <laughs> um, I had fallen asleep, because we had gone back to our room, and then, like, my friend had, like, woken me up, because Ed was back, and I was like, is he with the Mysterios? I was really confused, and I remember being like, why is he with the Mysterios? I was like, I'm like, I'm happy Ed is back, I just don't understand this, mm. but now that you say that, that makes sense. Yeah, it literally, like, it did not hit me until they were all, like, walking back, and I was like, oh, wait, <laughs> Because I remember seeing Edge and I remember Edge and Ray as a tag team from when I was a kid. Like, I actively have memories of it, but it just took me a second. Um, okay, match. I'm I'm not going to lie. I'm a little over the Mysterios as a tag team. I, um, I obviously haven't watched in a while, but the last time I watched, I kind of remember feeling like I was in the same boat. I was like, I'm ready for them to do something. Like... I don't know if they're going to go the, like, kind of predictable route and turn Dominic heel. And to me, I think it would be a good idea to send Dominic to NXT because I feel like he needs some, like, character development outside of just being Rey Mysterio's son. There's also some legacies down in NXT right now, so it would... I was going to say that's kind of ironic of me to say as a Charlotte fan, but, like, (laughs) I also do feel like Charlotte has found an identity somewhat of her own outside of being Ric Flair's daughter. Yeah. And I think that, you know, Dominic could do the same, because he's a very very talented wrestler, I believe. Mm -hmm. Um, He's definitely got the chops, um, so he just needs to sharpen up the promo skills and you know find out who is dominant you know besides yeah and i will also say i got a little bit of a beef with this feud because ray ripley god bless her 
Um, hope she's feeling all right and that she's healed up from her concussion stuff. Uh, it was a little, it was a little jarring to see her wearing a heart monitor. I was very concerned. Um, yeah, did you see that? She was, uh, she posted a, she posted a selfie and she had a thing on her chest and everyone was like, what the hell is that? And she was like, it's a heart monitor. Uh, she didn't, she didn't share any other information about it, but apparently, yeah, her doctors had her on a heart monitor. Um... So, because she was out on concussion, she knocked the shit out of herself in a match. It was ugly. Yeah, I heard that. She hit herself in the face with her own knee. Yeah, so she, it was, it was a rough one. But, uh, she, uh, uh, I, it's obvious why Judgment Day is facing the Mysterios, because it's so that they can get their Rhea hits small man moments um and i am tired of that and i am over that and i want intergender wrestling to just exist i i don't think it should be that crazy by now um and i don't think that it should be in the stupid forms like oh reyes you know because it's it comes off with reyes especially so like oh reyes man-sized so of course she can do this and, like, with Sasha and Reginald, it was like, well, he's just a flippy, acrobatic ballet dancer, basically. He's not a real and wrestler. At that, at that point, he wasn't really technically even a wrestler. He was just Carmella's wine guy. Yeah. And sommelier, they call him. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> that felt very know-it-all, sorry. <laughs> but, uh, but, or even, you know, now that Hunter is in charge, I don't want it to be like that stupid, stupid-ass moment where Ronda beat the crap out of him at WrestleMania. I hated that. I hated every second of it because I was like, no. She does- Even then, even then it was kind of like a intergender asterisk moment because it's like, well, she's Ronda Rousey and she's a cold, legitimate fighter. So That's what I was about to say, actually. Yeah. Uh, because it's wrestling. You don't need to be a real badass. You don't. That's not the point. That's never been the point. The point is that you're a good wrestler. Professional well, wrestling does not require you to be able to be a real fighter. I was going to say, I don't know if I've ever went on that rant, but, like, that's really what my biggest beef about Ronda's character in, like, when she turned heel in, like, late 2018, early 2019, and her character basically became, well, I'm a real fighter, and this shit's fake, and it just kind of was, like, a paradoxical moment of, like, then why are you here? Yeah. Like, then, you know, because we all know that even if you are a real fighter, you could, that theoretically beat everybody's ass for real you're still we are still cognizant of the fact that you are participating in a fixed sport so what's the point like they tried stupid they tried to make her genre savvy and it did not work it didn't um because it doesn't make sense like of all of the people because there haven't been a lot of people who have come from mma to professional wrestling um and genuinely, the only person I've seen who has done it well was Ken Shamrock. He's pretty much the singular person I've seen who has come from MMA. He did do a little bit of professional wrestling before he got into MMA. Um, he was obviously the king of Pancrase. Uh, he has, like, a couple matches with, like, Minoru Suzuki, if I'm not mistaken. Um, mm-hmm. 
So he did do, and like Pancrase was like kind of professional wrestling, kind of MMA. It was like a weird mix, but Ken was into the early incarnations of the style that is Enochianism, which is like kind yeah. of um, been der- kind of been um, evolved into what we know as strong style. Now. Yeah, it was it was basically yeah, it was just kind of like the prototype of that. Um, but he was he did a little bit of like actual professional wrestling. He didn't do a lot, and then he got into MMA, focused on that for a long time, and then he got back into professional wrestling. And his character was Ken Shamrock, this dude who just came from the UFC and is a real badass. But Ken understood that Ken went into it understanding like he was not going to immediately be at the top. He did not deserve that. He had not earned that. He knew that that didn't make sense and that he had a lot to work on before he could even get close to that. Um, While at the same time doing a lot of things that fit right in with the real badass character. Like the dungeon match with Owen Hart and obviously him winning King of the Ring. Like those were opportunities for him to be like, well, I am, you know, the real badass. And I'm proving it through all of this work. But he really understood that he needed to expand upon that at one point. Like, he knew that he could do, like, have that character for a little while and it would work. But he knew that he needed to grow. And so eventually he kind of became like an everyman, like, working man. Like, I'm a, you know, representative of the people. You know, I'm, I'm not hoity-toity like the wrestlers that I'm surrounded by. Uh, which also, uh, everyone needs to th- anyone who's a fan of The Rock needs to thank Ken Shamrock because he is 100% responsible for that. Um, even down to the name. The Rock was something people called Ken Shamrock. And then he was talking to Dwayne and he was like, yeah, you can have that. But either way, that's my little tangent about Ken Shamrock. Who I love and adore. I love Ken Shamrock. I love Frank Shamrock. Uh, they're both great. But that was really the only time I've seen someone do the like real badass character well. Because he understood that you can't just be that. And you do have to grow. Because even now, Rhonda is still kind of resting on that laurel. And that's frustrating because even as I've seen her get better, and I, again, I do believe she's gotten better, she is, character-wise, still kind of stuck in that, well, I'm just better than you. I feel like, because I also feel like, too, with Rhonda's character and another thing that I always hated about her character, and just the way she was presented when she first came to WWE, it was like, to me, it feels like she's treated like a celebrity guest and not like yes. part yes, of the Yes, yes, actually, that's a very it good way like, to say it. Within her first, like, year or so on the roster, it was like, that was Ronda Rousey's first time climbing the rope. That was Ronda Rousey's first time performing on Raw. That was Ronda Rousey's first time being a part of Backlash. It was just like, you don't have to, like, she should, she should just be one of the guys. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it just felt like she, like, like she was a celebrity guest. And I still kind of feel like they kind of heavily rely on that with her in terms of her character. Her character is just that she used to be in the UFC and mm-hmm. now she's in WWE. It seems like that's all that there is to her. You know, that she, you know, 
Like, I even kind of hate that they still go with the whole baddest woman on the planet thing because, you know, that was in 2015. That was five years ago, six, seven years ago. She's just not that anymore. Mm. You know? That kind of got WWE, knocked out by yeah, two other women WWE before she gave you WWE. And in, in MMA. Exactly. Like, but in 2017, that wasn't true anymore. You know? Like, so it was like, it, it just seems kind of every everything about her as a character is kind of played out and I would like to see her challenge herself and go in maybe an unexpected direction in terms yes. of her character work because like then I'll be able to say I'm actually like interested in anything that Ronda Rousey yeah. is doing I will say um I think a fo- the form of this character that she's kind of been doing with Liv is the first time I've seen it work since like the first two months because she- like the first like two or three months I'll give it to them they could be the whole like you know shiny starry eyed mm-hmm. she's a celebrity that's fine I'll give them the first couple months that's you know whatever um but after that she really needed to expand and grow but I feel like with Liv this is the one time where it's made sense for her to be like, well, I'm better than you. You know what yeah. I mean? Especially um, Liv is, like, because Liv's character is like, well, I'm this scrappy underdog who yes. worked her way up to this. I'm the, I'm the person who you never expected to win ever, and I did it. You know? And that's, that's actually why I heard, like, Cornette was, like, making fun of the, like, little promo that Liv and Rhonda did before SummerSlam. Uh... one of my friends in new york just just messaged me out of blue what is going on in wrestling so i'm gonna see if she has a follow-up she okay she said i keep seeing garbled news articles that say nothing that could mean so many things (laughs) hold on either that could be about vince that could be about i have no idea the only thing that, like, non-wrestling people have been asking me about is Vince retiring and Sasha and Naomi walking out. <laughs> In Rhea Ripley, people keep, like, messaging me, like, what's up with that big goth lady? <laughs> well, that's <laughs> no, just, not that's... Big, not the big goth lady, the hot goth lady. That's just because they're all gay. No, yeah, I have a lot of gay friends. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, give me just a second to respond to this, uh... <laughs> I mean, while Honey is responding to that, I guess I'll just kind of continue on to, with the point of, like, yeah, like, I, I haven't really paid much attention to Rhonda and Liv's feud, but I do love Liv Morgan. Like, she's one of my personal, like, favorites, and as somebody who wants to be a wrestler, she's somebody that I really look up to a lot, because she kind of comes from a similar background to me. Um, but I think that, yeah, like you were saying before, it kind of works because Rhonda can be like, well, I am better than you and Liv is the person that you never expect to win and then she she's able to pull that out. Um, she's the inspiring everyday man kind of champion while Rhonda is that, that fighter who's known for being a winner. Well, I guess, yeah, known for being a winner um, on a surface level. But when you but and I, I think that's another interesting thing about the way that wrestling stories are handled now because I feel like the people that WWE have on the creative team and in their like writer's room I guess if you can call it that 
they don't always consider what like what archetype and what character type makes sense like i feel like sometimes there will be two wrestlers or characters that perfectly foil each other and they'll never have them cross paths but they'll just kind of go for like whoever the big names are or whatever the case may be and to me it's why so many of the stories in wwe like run stale um that character type those two character types work perfectly against each other and charlotte versus ronda it can work with the proper storytelling and the proper tools but it's like you're taking two characters who are like ideally kind of similar like the legitimate fighter and the you know kind of corporate i don't even know what to call charlotte like the corporate chosen one you know the resident chosen one the person who's kind of just been around and both of them their entire concepts are like the entire concept of their characters are like well i'm a winner and i'm a winner so when you put two of the, who, the winners against each other who's gonna win um but the hard part about that storytelling is it's not necessarily compelling if you don't tell it in the right way and that's why i think stories and you know the feud with like Char against charlotte with Rhonda, stuff like that falls flat versus you know putting her up against somebody like Liv Morgan a baby face you can emotionally get invested invested in it it works it works itself out and it, it's good storytelling and I would like to see more of that in WBE um writing and creative just more actual like you know purposeful and thoughtful storylines where the characters like properly follow each other and their their characters in the story have like depth to them um in terms of like why are they fighting why do these two people not like each other and you know going back to like what me and honey were kind of talking about earlier with like storylines and people not necessarily needing champions champions or cha championships i guess i'm trying to say to to be good or to be meaningful like that's one of the ways that you can accomplish that by having a character with depth that's not just surface level that's not just i'm a wrestler because i love wrestling and that's why i'm here or to be even just like a heel that's like well i'm a heel because i'm a bad guy i'm a bad guy because i'm a heel you know actually you know putting something to it and you know you've got i think that there are some really compelling and good characters um like the miz who's works so perfectly as a heel against almost anybody that you put him against because he's got factors to him and he's got traits to him that aren't just bad guys like he's delusional he's you know um he's sneaky he's sly um you know he has he knows how to get under people's skin and you know that's why you can put against him against logan paul and you know people will root for logan paul you can put him against seth rollins you can put him against literally anybody Sami Zayn, kevin owens and it'll work 100 percent of the time because there's depth to that character so there can be depth to the story if you put the foot forward into like putting the depth into the story um i don't know i feel like that's kind of been one of those things like i've been really on a personal journey to like find my love for wrestling again and i think that that's one of the things that I have I sh I'm struggling with in especially in a lot of like products right now and it's not just a WWE thing I feel like it's an AEW thing too it's even 
sometimes a thing in stardom it's a thing in, in jpw like it's kind of like no matter what you watch that's kind of the big thing that's missing from a lot of products right now is that aspect of like purposeful storytelling and characters that have depth and have meaning to them yeah <laughs> so i still have no idea what the fuck my friend was talking about <laughs> Um, they just asked me for a general update on the wrestling world. Um, I'm gonna wait and see if they have any more information about what the fuck they're talking about. Um, cause I was just like, well, I mean, there's always a lot happening here. Um, <laughs> and I was like, cause I was like, I don't even know what's going on in AEW because they're all clinically insane. Um, so yeah, we'll, 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 <laughs> I'll see what, what else she has to say. Um, but, uh, I mean, to pick up on the, the Liv Morgan whatnot, um, I don't even know if you just heard that whole, like, I heard, I, I, I took in most of it, um, (laughs) but I think, just back to my point of, like, how it works with with Rhonda being like, well, I'm better than you. I'm a real badass. You're just a little girl and all that. Um, I think it works because Liv acknowledges that. And I think that's what... Because she's not really saying that that, that Rhonda is wrong. You know what I mean? And I think too often the underdog character is like I'm actually secretly amazing and good and perfect and I'm better than all of you, but you just don't know it yet. But I think an underdog character should, like, recognize that maybe they're not actually that much better. You know what I mean? And I appreciate that that is the direction that Liv has taken. She has taken the direction of, like, well, yeah, of course I'm not as good as you. (laughs) It's kind of like... But it's... um... I was gonna sorry just to piggyback off that or uh, add to that. I was gonna say it's kind of like that phenomenon of like it's like doing what's unexpected. Like you expect a wrestler or a person or a champion even to say, "Well, yeah, I am better than you, and I am the best," and blah blah blah, because that's what we're used to hearing. But to take it in the other direction, it kind of like it it takes on like a different kind of. I'm missing the word that I'm trying to use here, but you get what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was just going to finish my thought with, uh, let me see if I can recapture it. Sorry. (sighs) Excuse me. Goodness gracious. Um. Shoot. Let me try and recapture that while I do that. Let me just. Um. No, it's fine. Like, having to give my friend a rundown of the general wrestling world interrupted my thought process <laughs> but uh yeah I mean I, I, I just appreciate that Liv Morgan well I, I remember what I was going to say is that she's she's actively acknowledging that no she is not the best in the world and she's not even necessarily better than Rhonda but she wants it more because mm-hmm. you kind of get the impression that Rhonda wants the title because she feels like she is the best and she should have proof that she is the best. 
you have the feeling, but in contrast, you have the feeling that Liv wants the title because she is just loves it enough. You know, you know what I you, just thought of? Sorry. Hmm. No, continue your thoughts. Today. No, that was pretty much it. I was just going to say, like, kind of to what I was learning about earlier when you were texting your friend, but, like, one thing, one tiny thing that I think could make Rhonda's character as it is so much more, like, some so much better, and just to give it a tiny bit of depth, is if she told the story that she felt like her value was attached to her championship. Because I, I feel like I, Rhonda has said that in an interview before, like, when she was talking about, like, why she got so depressed after losing to Holly Holm. Like, like, I feel like that's just one tiny thing she could add to her character that might just, might just make it a tad bit more compelling to, like, tell that story of, like, yes. well, I need to be champion because I like my internal conflict is that my value is attached to how much of a winner I am and maybe it would just add some more stakes to her match and matches and then maybe they would like hit a little harder but that's just my brain braining <laughs> no I, I I agree hold on Bray Wyatt tweeted something let me see what this dude's on about is it the um freaking notes app shit that you yes tweeted? Yeah, I tried to read over it earlier. I struggle to comprehend most things that Bray Wyatt says, <laughs> but I think it's just kind of him like a little bit like rambling and kind of like maybe trying to like stir the pot a little bit about where God he's going next. Get a diary, Wyndham. Yeah. <laughs> Good lord. Now I'm just sending my a different friend a message about the baby girl vacation of Roman Reigns. Okay. Okay. We were talking about SummerSlam. <laughs> um either way, yeah. Mysterios, Judgment Day, Edge comes back. Hey. That's largely what I have to say about that. How did we get how did we go? <laughs> wow. Uh, Pat McAfee and, uh, Baron Corbin. Yeah. Yeah. It happened. Um. Uh. I don't think that, um, Baron Corbin came out of it looking better. I think Pat McAfee came out of it looking really good. <laughs> um. Which is fine, you know, it's it's not a huge, like, I wasn't expecting anything, you know, phenomenal, like, storytelling-wise, phenomenal or long-lasting from this. Um, it was a fun match. I actually really liked that a couple of times, uh, Pat actually slipped, like, on the ropes. Um, but every time, he caught himself really well. Uh, so I appreciated that. Baron Corbin, I mean, he's solid- he, you know, he he's a good ball to bounce off of. So, you know, he he it is what it is. Um, it was an okay match. Uh, then the Usos and the Street Profits and like <sighs> if they have the Usos wrestle the Street Profits in any form on the Raw that I go to 
I am leaving the building. Wait, <laughs> was it bad or are you just tired of it? It was... Yes. Because, <laughs> listen, I, I love the Usos and I love the Street Profits. But I, I feel, personally, that the Street Profits have kind of changed their wrestling style a little bit. And that's fine. That doesn't usually impact a whole lot. But I feel like the Usos, bless their hearts, um, have changed their style to fit their characters right now. Of being part of the bloodline and, and you know, taking a couple of notes from Roman. And because of that, where their styles between these two teams used to really mesh really well, it does not happen anymore. And it is difficult to watch. Because I genuinely, I deeply enjoy both of those teams. But they need to not wrestle <laughs> for quite a while. Um... Because it just, ev like, it's, it's, it's just overdone. For my, my friend and I, and we're both massive Usos stands, stands, fans, whatever. Um, we're both massive Usos fans. And everyone knows that I am DJ Usos, like DJ Usos fan. Um, but both of us were kind of reminiscing on that a little bit too. Not that, not particularly against the street profits, but just in general that my personal uh, critique of the Usos right now is that their matches are good uh, on a very surface level, but I don't think that they have had a very memorable match in a while. Like, I was at day one. Um, I went to SmackDown earlier this year. I watched, you know, most of the, the pay-per-views this year. I think except SummerSlam and Backlash. Um, and some of Hell in a Cell I didn't watch. But, um, like, I watch at least usually their matches. And I don't, I can't really say that I really remember anything or much from them. Like, I can say that I walked away going, oh, that was good. Or, like, I liked it. But, yeah. You know, it, it, there's nothing that's supposed to be about it. And so I do feel like they're missing that right now. And Honestly? It's just, you know, because of the state of the booking or if it's because of, you know, who they're wrestling or if it's just them. But, you know. Listen, allow me to dream book for a moment. <laughs> At the core of this dream booking, this fantasy booking that I'm about to do, it's just the solid belief that the Usos just really need new people to face. They need people yeah. that they have not wrestled a lot, maybe once or twice in passing. They need people who they have not wrestled as a team. Because, like, oh, it's RK-Bro, it's the Street Profits, it's the War Raiders, it's... The New Day. It's the <laughs> it's New Day, it's... To, it's, hard, it's hard to have a match that is like never before seen when you've seen it before yes Even if you do have good chemistry because honestly there's only so much to do when y'all have y'all all have your moveset unless they're giving some kind of stipulation which they have not gotten in a while if they were to give the them and the street profits a hell of a cell match or you know a street fight or a tornado tag or a ladder and match, something that they can get creative with that'd be another conversation but it's the same 
regular rules. And in addition to that, you can kind of manage that if at least one of the teams or both teams involved are comprised of the kinds of wrestlers who will push themselves to do higher and higher spots. But I don't believe that's the case here. Um, Because, you know, you can have Roman and Brock face each other over and over again because they're going to keep pushing the envelope. And you can have that with quite a few others because you know that they're going to keep pushing the envelope and they're going to keep pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing until, you know, they're doing something until Shane McMahon is jumping off the scaffolding. Um, But I just don't feel like the Usos are that kind of team for the most part, especially not now. And so I think in my dream booking... Johnny Gargano comes back and DIY comes back. Because I think because I know not everyone is is a Tommaso fan or a Johnny fan or a DIY fan but they are objectively one of the most historic teams from NXT. They are pretty widely regarded as one of the best teams to come out of NXT. And I think that like I just I think that the style of wrestling that they do would require the Usos to come up with something new and I just want to see the Usos come up with something new I like that you put it perfectly that's kind of how I feel like about them right now and it doesn't even it doesn't like, even need to, sorry it just doesn't even need to be DIY I want that more for myself and to have obviously to have Johnny back and to have Tommaso doing something fun but even if they could just like bring up a team or two from nxt like something 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 different that they that they haven't done and that they aren't already doing and yeah i agree i agree and again like you gotta be able to say have a face sasha and naomi like something i do not fucking care yes let them face sasha listen let them face sasha and let them <laughs> please i feel like i've heard inklings that sasha and naomi could be coming back um i've heard that it's definitely happening but not anytime like particularly soon um which i'm fine with because i feel like if sasha and naomi are going to make the choice to come back then they need to have they as in WWE need to have their shit together and like actually have something for them to do um but um that's kind of a conversation in and of itself um, but yes, please, if they're gonna come back, let them face the Usos. They were talking about facing the Usos before they left. Like, that was something that both of them had been kind of saying. And they asked Naomi about it. They were like, do you want to face your husband and his brother? And she was like, oh yeah, like, I just think that they should be able to beat up the Usos. Poor Sasha wants to wrestle the Samoans so bad. <laughs> like, oh my god. I still I hold it. Awesome. Sorry, I still hold that the dream booking is Bianca beating Roman for the title and then oh, Sasha going I, off on her own for to face I Bianca for it because she's like, you took that opportunity for me to be the first woman to hold this title and to beat Roman. Um, well, I've noticed me. a lot more people jumping on that boat, to be honest. I think after I, like we put it out there, me and you tweeting it like one or two times, I've now seen oh, yeah. kind of like jumping yeah. into it. 
<laughs> Absolutely. I fit. I, no. I swear to God, we were the people who originally started yeah. talking about that. Um, and then nobody even listened to that episode of the podcast. We had like two I listeners. Brought it, I brought it to my group chat, and I think one of my like a, my group chat was like all over the idea. And then like a couple of them started kind of tweeting about it too. And I think more and more people were like, "Hey, that's a fun idea!" And like, it's yeah, so the correct we, idea. We definitely did that. Um, and like I've even fantasy booked the Usos breakup. You know, I because I'm just like. <laughs> I, I just want something. It's like, same. Point, I fantasy book like I fantasy book like a new character for Seth. I fantasy book Rawlings to, to survive a series. I fantasy book the Usos break up. Um, God, I, I, I do everything. Sorry, I know real like I'm not going to say anything too mean about Seth with this following statement. But I saw someone the other day say that. God, I don't even want to say it. Um, I saw someone tweet the other day that they believe that Roman should drop one title to Drew at Clash and then the other title to Seth at Survivor Series. And I just, I want that person to know that if that happened, I would actually find Seth Rollins and I would wrap a belt around his neck and strangle him. Like, like, I... Because I, I, like, I, I, you know my feelings about this subject. I do not want Seth to face Roman for the title ever again. Um, I honestly, if I, I do want to see them have one more match down the road I think that it would be like if Roman ended up going on any kind of retirement tour I think that it would be good for him to have a last match with Seth where he beats him in four seconds and it's not a question but if if he has a last match with Seth I just don't want it to be for a title because I don't really believe I don't know if I believe that a compelling feud can happen between them for a title with the characters that they have. I think that it worked. I think that it worked the first time. I don't think that they can do it again unless something drastic happens, which it always could. I would rather see Seth face someone like Bianca or Jay or Sammy or uh, Cody even. I, I just, I think that that would be more interesting and I think that when it comes to Seth and Roman I think that having them be stripped bare down to just Seth just Roman there's no other stipulations there's no other extenuating circumstances I think that is where you can get the purest story between them and I think that that would also be the most fulfilling for those characters in their arc but I do think Sorry, just to wrap that thought up. I do think that it would almost have to happen before one of them retires. Just because I think that then you get that kind of, like, finality with it. That I I need that from at least one iteration of the shield. <laughs> like, so, <laughs> I need that from someone. <laughs> I need to say, so, for me personally, and I think this is where me and you differed the last time we talked about 
Oh no! <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I can't stop. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, Naya, cut out again, but I'm sorry. It's not homophobic, it's on my side. It said, fuck the royal rights feud. I'm sorry, that was so funny. That was so funny, you were so proud to do it. Clifford said, fuck the royal rights. Oh, sign from God! <laughs> he said you ain't manifested shit, girl! <laughs> no, no, no. no. Yeah! <laughs> it was perfectly timed! <laughs> it was perfect! Oh my god! Because you were just like this. Anyway. I'm sorry. I'm gonna mute myself. Are we recording? Yes, we're recording. We're recording. This is this. I didn't have a chance to pause because I was laughing. Oh. Anyways, like I was saying, you're talking in a complete silence. Last time, oh god, WrestleMania was the arena, so that was the arena where. Did it do it again, or did you mute yourself? <laughs> I muted myself okay. because I had to. Okay. I'm trying to stop. I was about to say. I was about to say. There's no fucking way. <laughs> Could you imagine? Okay, I'm gonna mute. I'm gonna mute myself. You you say your piece. But we were. If that happened again, we were just not gonna finish this episode. Like fuck clean feed. Anyways, um, the last time it was the arena because that was the arena where Seth, where Roman main evented. Seth didn't get to perform, and they were supposed to have a match there, but obviously didn't happen because Seth was injured. So this time, I feel like it needs to be at Survivor Series because this year is the 10-year anniversary of the Shield debut, and the Shield obviously debuted at Survivor Series. Now, to the point of the titles being on the line, personally, I don't necessarily think they need to have the title on the line because... Again, when you have a compelling enough story and enough history between two, in two strong characters, which I think all three of those boxes are checked when it comes to Seth and Roman, um, you don't necessarily need a title on the line. So whether Roman just goes into it and is like, no, fuck you, you had your chance to beat me for the title, you didn't, so no title chance for you. I feel like, you know, he's valid um, in that if he were to go that route. Or if they do put the title on the line again, because clearly, I think, Seth, well, to Seth's defense, he hasn't really said, oh, I want that title. Seth, 
has said, I want Roman Reigns. Like, I want to face him. He, he I do want to clarify, he did say he wanted the Universal Championship, like, oh. last week. I, okay, <laughs> see, I watched that promo, but Just... all I heard was, Rollins, 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 Rollins. So I didn't really hear what he said. Anyway. He, he explicitly said he has his eye on the on the oh. championship. I do, I well, just want to clarify that. Well, what Seth wants doesn't actually matter. Um, what I want matters. So um, the title doesn't have to be on the line, but you know if it is, then I won't be like no, you know, or whatever. I don't really care. But I feel like that's where it should happen. I feel like you know whatever the fuck they do through, which I kind of am already like setting myself up that it's not going to happen because um, the bald guy and his hot girlfriend are back. Well, he's not bald anymore, apparently. Um, but I think he and, looks better with hair, personally. But that's just um, me. I think he's a train wreck regardless. But um, yeah, and then you got Drew at the Drew pay per view. Um, the Drew pay view. The Drew pay view. <laughs> And so, yeah, I don't think it's going to happen, but in my ideal, <laughs> my ideal, what makes most sense in my brain, that's what would um, happen. Because um, I feel like... I cannot believe! No! <laughs> oh my god, it did it again! I cannot believe! That is ridiculous! I am so sorry, guys! I'm not even bothering to pause it because that was just unbelievably fucking fun. I didn't even pause it again because I was just like... No, that was actual technical difficulties. Um, this is Consider this my resignation. <laughs> because clean feed is homophobic. I t I'm telling you, I'm telling you, that's that's God saying shut your mouth about all this now. That's just the Lord. <laughs> but, uh, Homophobia at its finest. I was. What do you have against gay people? I was going to interrupt you and say, you know what should actually happen at Survivor Series this year? What? Dean should come back in a I'm turtleneck. Not, I'm fine with that too. Honestly, <laughs> except if he does, he should never interact with Seth ever, ever again. The only thing that the only thing at this point in time that's going to draw me back into WWE, like as a full time viewer, is if they start the Rollins feud. Um, evil or if i mean i feel like even if sasha and naomi come back because i wasn't really even watching regularly when they were there but like like i said before i think i said this to you when we were talking the other day but like something about that situation just really really deeply bothered my spirit and it made me feel a very not good way about watching wrestling and i cannot interact <laughs> with wrestling without thinking about it and I know it's kind of like old news at this point, but like I don't even I don't think I don't even think you're the only person who had that reaction to it because I've seen quite a few people say that they just truly have lost. And it's not because Sasha and Naomi are the only things they care about in wrestling. It's just yeah. some like the situation as a whole was just depressing. Um, it just really left a bad fair. taste in my mouth. Yeah, especially like having like I've spoken to people uh, who have who know a thing or two about a thing or two. And from certain specifics of the story that I've heard, it's just, to me, the way that those two women were treated was so nasty and disrespectful, especially considering, like, how talented they both, not just how talented they both are, but how popular they both are, and how much they mean to the fan base, and how much value they bring to the company. I'm like, you would never, ever in a million years would anybody ever <clears throat> tell Roman Reigns to shut up and run. 
Now, what in the world? I'm sorry, guys. This keeps happening. I'm not sure what's going on. At this point, it if you guys can still hear me and it's still recording me, um, it's definitely on Naya's end in relation to clean feed or it's 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 you know whatever device she's using um i think clean feed just hates me so i'm gonna shut up now <laughs> uh i mean yeah i mean i i guess it's just it's pissed off at you today you started talking about rollins and it was like nope <laughs> so first that so not only is clean feed homophobic but apparently clean feed also hates black women wow. i guess i guess so wow. god <laughs> wow get in the dirt man um getting the dirt on clean feed fuck um i mean we i mean i can i can just give you my review of the last two matches of summer slays though (laughs) can we do we think we did i mean we didn't initially start but that was you know the the bulk of this live morgan ronda rousey yeah it was good it was what it needed to be um, I don't like the idea of them keeping the feud going. I think that's stupid. Um, I think that it seems to me that they are trying to do, um, I think they want to do Ronda and Bianca at Survivor Series, um, which I support in the event of Bianca winning. But I feel as though a large portion of the fans would rather see Liv versus Bianca. I'm kind of indifferent to which one it would be. Uh, but I do feel like more people are a little more invested in the idea of Liv and Bianca. Um, I think it would also be nice to just have baby faces. <laughs> you know? Because I think last year, because it wasn't last year, it was Charlotte and Becky... Um, so it was heels, and I would like to just have, like, a babyface champion versus babyface champion. Um, it also just occurred to me that if the titles stay on who they're on now, we would probably be getting Valter versus Bobby Lashley, which will be cool as fuck. Uh, and then I guess Roman is, I don't know, just gonna masturbate in the ring or something. Um. Also, the little, like, controversy ending for Liv and Ronda is stupid because the referee's call is the final call. He called it as a pinfall, and Liv only started tapping out at the two count, so she would have had the three count one way or another. So, the whole controversy about it is stupid. It's a pretty clear-cut win. But yeah, it was less than five minutes. That's what it needed to be. Okay, cool. Cool so on and so forth um and then obviously the main event which is really the only match that mattered uh and was the only match that was like super good so it was obviously it was Roman and Brock (sighs) with surprisingly little interference from outside bodies um it was awesome it was just unbelievably stupidly fucking awesome Brock jumped out of the tractor. Uh, there was just a lot of like violence being done to each other. Uh, both of their breasts looked phenomenal, um, which I do think was a key part of why that match was so great. Um, and 
they just, I mean, they just put on a fucking wrecker of a match. Like, I think, like, I actually, I, I don't really, I don't have any criticisms of it, I don't think. It was exactly what it needed to be. Um, I think, I think the only thing, if anything, that was, that was like, I think could have been done better is I think at the end the Usos should have gone and like <coughs> excuse me <coughs> like held Theory down by his limbs. Um, I think that just would have been a funny moment. <laughs> but that that's pretty much it. Um, and that and again that would just be more because I just think that would have been funny. Because um, Austin, you know, his cash in obviously didn't count. Uh, because they didn't announce it, which I still think is stupid. Um. Oh, excuse me. But he, uh, yeah, he's, he's still got the briefcase, so we're just, where he's gonna cash in somewhere down the line. Ugh. Um, I was a little disappointed to not see Sammy. I was hoping Sammy would be involved. Um, I'm really enjoying his part of the bloodline. Um, I think his relationship with the Usos is pretty great. Uh, I actually sent you a screenshot of uh, their moment from Jay. SmackDown. <laughs> yeah, of, of Jay being like, oh god. <laughs> I mean, other people were in the picture, but I only saw Jay. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but no, it's, uh, I, I, so I was a little disappointed not to see Sammy. Also because Sammy and Brock have obviously, like, their work together is unbelievable. And they were, I love them together. Um, but it was exactly what it needed to be. Like, Brock lifting up the ring with the tractor, him putting Roman in the, uh, tractor. I don't know, what, what do you call the front of the tractor that holds stuff? Huh, I don't know. I should look that up. Um. <laughs> tractor Spoon! Um. But that's the new name of this podcast. Uh. <laughs> tractor Spoon. How do you know you're in the Tractor Spoon? Um, but yeah, it was, um, I will say, I don't, I don't say this a lot because I don't believe that it's necessary. I do think this is one of the few matches I've seen in the past few years that could have stood to have some color in it. I would not have minded a little bit of color, uh, but, uh, it, it wasn't, so, I, it, like, it's not necessary. I don't consider it necessary to make the match better. I just think that it would have been a nice element. Um. But, uh. But I'm not one of those people who thinks, you know, some certain people need to be cutting their foreheads open every single week. Or biting foreheads open every single week. <coughs> John. Um. Uh, Excuse me. That's something in my throat. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it was just a very well done, well put together, beautiful last man standing match. Uh, Brock got a little too excited. He needs to work on that. Um, it looked like there were some rumors flying around that Brock was done after that. I don't know if I believe it. Uh,. But yeah, I mean, it was just, I, I have pretty much no real criticisms of that match. It was easily the most enjoyable part of the night. And, I mean, yeah, just again, no criticisms. It was great. I loved that. 
Um, I still need to watch that match. I've been told. I've been. I've heard so many great things about it. I need to watch it. Um, and I also would like to watch the Bianca and Becky match. But yeah, uh, maybe that'll be my toe dip back into wrestling. <laughs> I did watch Raw last week, but um, I kind of turned it off after a while because you know it didn't hold my attention that long. But I did try. Um, yeah. Um. <laughs> My throat hurts from how much I was laughing at this <laughs> fucking clean feed cutting you off, dude. Oh my gosh. Homophobia. Wow. That was insane. Um. Well, now I'm going to talk about cats. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to gonna talk about Cats the Musical in this particular episode. Um, <laughs> but you will hear about it soon. Uh, I don't really uh, know what else, because I'm not really involved in like, recent what's ha- happening, what's going on. Uh, I mean, there's there's not really been a lot of news. Good. Vince retired. That was crazy. Yeah. That was like one of the I was about to say, that happened. Genuine shocking things. Not a lot of things as, as it pertains to wrestling shock me anymore, um, but that one really did, like, I was very, like, whoa. I straight up thought we were being pranked. Yeah, a little bit, um, because it just was crazy. I didn't ever expect that to happen. I really thought that man would, like, die. And I even didn't really ever expect him to die. Well, it's not, I say that as if he died already, but I, st- I don't really expect Vince to die. Um, but I would have expected him to die before I would have expected him to, like, just Absolutely. from WWE. Um, so the fact that he did is kind of insane, but I quite, um, like Stephanie McMahon, and don't take that as, like, I'm a Stephanie McMahon, like, dick writer. Like, I don't think she's perfect, I don't think she's, like, our savior, but I, I quite respect Stephanie for the most part, and I quite like her. Um, so I'm happy for her. I know she has spent a lot of time since she was a teenager, like, learning the ins and outs of WWE and the company from mm-hmm. every facet of every level of it. Um, so I think that the company is in good hands with her as a CEO, at the very least from the business side of things. Um, in oh. What the oh, fuck? What the fuck? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. And I could just hear me for a second, too. That was very, very strange. <laughs> my earbuds died. Well, my earbud died. Um, so I had to switch. But, yeah. I think the company's in good hands with her. I don't... Uh, the one bit of wrestling discourse I have kind of seen was the Triple H booking has seemed to have people pretty split. Which I'm very, very confused about how some people are like huge Triple H booking fans all of a sudden because I distinctly remember people being pretty like anti-NXT at a certain point and like people either whether they were like starting to switch over to being AEW fans so they were like this shit sucks or even like the people who were like kind of preferring NXT 2.0 who felt like NXT Black and Gold was going to the shitter but I'm very shocked how those same people who like universally agreed that he was not producing a very great product with NXT are all of a sudden expecting him to like 
improved the WWE product like tenfold. Um, because so far, I think I've only liked one thing that I've seen him do. I, again, I, I haven't seen much discourse about it because I have largely just been harassing politicians on TikTok on uh, Twitter, but uh, a lot of Governor Horsecock dildo tweets Ooh. being sent, um, which wouldn't happen if our governor wasn't being a horsecock dildo. Um, but I, you know, I was a fan of NXT Black and Gold. Um, I feel like it produced a lot of very good moments. Um, I feel like for a long time it produced a lot of really good stories. And it didn't, I felt like up until like right before like that last little bit of black and gold quote unquote before 2.0 I feel like that was really the only point where it kind of went down in quality really um and I think that was around the time that it was becoming like other heads were becoming more involved in the thought process um because, like, if I look at, like, what people consider, like, the classic, like, Triple H eras of black and gold, I think of, like, Sasha in her NXT run. And, uh, you know, there's a few others, and I'm just, like, I feel like, I feel like Hunter can, like, kind of take some of the good lessons from that era and hopefully not recreate the issues and I'm hoping again more than anything I'm just hoping that he's looking at how well NXT is doing now and that he's realized and that that will help him realize that you know it doesn't have to go back to how it was. Like, and the main roster stuff doesn't have to, like, be booked how NXT was being booked. Um. But, you know, pride cometh before the fall, and pride maybe cometh, so. I would say, if anything, I think what I would like to see Hunter do that I feel like he kind of missed the mark on at certain points in in NXT Black and Gold, especially towards the end. Because I don't think it was bad the entire time, but like more so towards like from like late 2019, early 2020 on. And that's that's happened. largely what I think is that that's the era where things just kind of like took a little bit of a downhill. But I think that one of the things that I feel like Triple H struggles with is timing. Sometimes he too late with things yeah. <laughs> or he's too early with things it's like he's not very good at going oh this is the right moment for that yeah. you know like he will let certain things just go on like you know even when with the match times you know it's like we were saying earlier like matches are like way longer than they need to be sometimes like it's like this person should have lost that title two months ago like mm-hmm. it's it's been the title reign has been dull it's been stagnant or their character work has been stagnant and, um and I also feel like Hunter definitely 
had a lot of uh, favorites and people kind of like that he stuck mm-hmm. to. And which Vince, in a way, um, did the same thing. But I feel like Vince, in my personal opinion, and anybody can feel free to disagree with this, but I feel like Vince has better instincts about certain individuals. Absolutely, um, he does. Like, you know... <clears throat> excuse me. Tri- like, for example, Triple H didn't even, you know, uh, choose... No, 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 I'm getting that mixed up. But, like, um, scratch that. But, you know, like, I like Vince is the guy who chose Brock Lesnar and chose Roman Reigns, you know, like... I mean, um, we've talked about uh, Bianca before. And Yeah, even Bianca, like, for... To look at the big difference between... Um, Bianca in NXT and Bianca on the main roster. Bianca should have been doing this in NXT. She should have been this person in NXT. Because, you know, she's had it since the beginning, since 2000, mm-hmm. since she started. Um, and Vince saw that in her, and I believe that Hunter saw it in her, but because he had his people who he felt like were his chosen ones, he didn't always really give her the time of day. And that, again, his timing was just so off all the time. He never hit those perfect marks. Um, so I would hopefully feel like he's learned him less, his lesson, or maybe he'll improve upon that, and maybe there'll be hope for him as a booker. Um, but obviously, like, within creative, in the creative world, um, and I think this is something that kind of gets lost on wrestling fans, too, is that nobody's going to ever have great ideas 100% of the time and nobody's ever going to have bad ideas 100% of the time you know uh, you can't always be like you know somebody's completely horrible or completely great because like Matt Hardy for example (laughs) like Matt Hardy I think is the kind of guy who can come up with a great character and come up with something good but I also think that Matt Hardy is the kind of guy who can come up with something so fucking stupid that just (laughs) is like unwatchable what the fuck are you talking about you know, does that mean Matt Hardy's like a genius? No. Does that mean he's like the worst idea to come up with person? I don't know English, but you know what I mean. Like, no. So. I will say, do I really get to criticize Hunter if Hunter brought me NXT Timothy Thatcher? Like, I may have surrendered my complaint about Hunter card um, for eternity. But, uh,. I mean, I largely agree. I, I think those are all very fair criticisms of Hunter and his booking. Um, like I said, all I hope is that he has learned a little bit from yeah. past mistakes. And, you know, I, I... Part of my worry is almost more him trying to force a style of match yeah. on people who don't need that. Yeah, I I can see that too. Because I personally, and this is very subjective, I think a lot of, like, the best matches of, like, the prime NXT black and gold era, which, I I don't know, you could probably say it's, like, 2016 to maybe, like, early 2019. Um, Hold on, you kind of bring it up a little
think my microphone just kind of split. Oh. Um. <clears throat> or maybe Clean Feed's doing uh, me now. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> um. I was just gonna say, um, I was a big fan of a lot of uh, like DIY versus the revival. Excuse me. A lot of like Adam Cole's stuff from like the Prime Era NXT. Um, those like really like fast paced, like obviously, like I always say, one of my absolute favorite matches of all time is Andrade versus Johnny Gargano from NXT Philadelphia. Maybe Phil- Takeover Philadelphia. I want to say. Um, because that to me was just like such a beautifully pure wrestling match that it actually like brought me to tears. Um, but uh, I don't think that that kind of match and the the matches that he put on a lot were for everyone who currently works there. Um, and I, oh, I have, I'd say one of my bigger concerns is him trying to get people to do those longer, like you said, because he, a lot of those matches are very long, longer, fast paced, you know, sort of like impressive spot heavy matches. Um, I think that works great for some people. Like you can, you can put Tommaso Ciampa or Ricochet or quite a few other people into those matches, and it's fine. It works great. It's perfect. That's what they excel in. Um, but that's not, like, well, I, I say that's not the kind of match that, like, Roman could thrive in, but Roman probably could, so <laughs> I'm not gonna use him as an example. Um, but, like, I wouldn't even say that, like, the Usos necessarily would thrive in that. Or... Uh, wow, I completely forgot the entire roster. <laughs> um, I mean, Rhonda, even, you know? Like, you can't have, I don't think Rhonda can go a 15-minute, you know, spot fest. Yeah. Uh, but there's people on the roster who can. And to me, it's, because, like, I don't, like, the New Day. I don't think the New Day can do that. Can wrestle yeah. that like NXT style of match. We know the War Raiders can because that's where they came from. <laughs> I don't think everyone in the New Day can. Like I think in an individual level, Xavier Woods maybe could, and depending on the person he's against, maybe Kofi could, but Biggie absolutely not. No. Um, which also just like just big hugs to Biggie. Yeah, you know? I miss him. He posted a... He, he seems to have a great attitude about it, but there's been some talk of him maybe not being able to wrestle again, which, if that is how things go, he needs to do what's best for his health. Yeah. But, boy howdy. Just, what a sadness that would be. Um, and I hope he continues to have, you know, his good attitude about it. Because, you know, he's biggie. He's... Yeah, he's a great guy. He's got a good attitude about things, even when um, things suck. 
Um, with well, I was gonna say, with that being said about what you just said about Hunter, I think my hope too would be that him not being Vince, that he would maybe be a little bit more interactive and um, uh, lenient, I guess, with the producers and the creative yeah. team and the wrestlers, and kind of letting people be able to kind of um, be more upfront about what they are, they feel they are capable of, and yeah. play to their own strength instead of kind of like pushing people into positions that aren't necessarily to their strengths mm-hmm. or, you know, things that don't really work for them. Obviously, people got to step outside of their comfort zone sometimes, but, like, um, you know, allowing people to kind of pace themselves with that and being able to go, like, well, this is reasonably outside of my comfort zone and this is not something that is going to work if I do it kind of thing. Yeah. Um, there have been some, uh, you know, whispers that already a lot of talent is being allowed to take a little more control of like their promos uh drew mcintyre one of his promos on smackdown was apparently excuse me largely i'm gonna i'm gonna slander drew because if it's the one he just cut you give the guy a little bit of mic freedom and the first thing he says is tribal queen go to hell drew I don't Seriously. believe it. Well, I mean, he might have had that one, but no, it was like the week or two before that was when they were apparently starting to kind of let. I'm sorry, I one thousand percent, I one thousand percent believe that Tribal Queef was his idea. Oh, absolutely, one thousand percent. I cannot like, see because <laughs> see, you call it slander. I call it just saying an accurate thing because Drew. God, and I love Drew. I do. I love Drew. He's easily like a top 20 for me at this point. Um, Drew Galloway as a person is very kind and very sweet very funny and kind of like self-deprecating and dorky and not in any way shape or form intimidating. Um And he, I don't think, can separate Drew Galloway from Drew McIntyre. And I think if Drew McIntyre is meant to be a relatable but overall intimidating character, there can't be too much of him in that. Um because again he's just he's not intimidating he's not this is not me calling him stupid but he's not necessarily clever like even in like his style of wrestling he's he's not clever he's good he's talented um cause you have wrestlers like I would say that Sasha is clever um but I would not say that of Drew and I mean, half the time I wouldn't even say it of Roman because I think so, some of Roman's promos kind of suck. Like, <laughs> I, I'm gonna say I was gonna say earlier. Say that I'll lovingly. Yeah, uh, I'll let you finish your thought, but I kind of have thoughts on Roman. <laughs> um. Well, I mean, I, I there's one friend in particular that I kind of have like a make fun of Roman time of day with, um, because I do love the tribal chief character. I love that Roman is getting to do this cool thing. Um, 
but it's a little cringy right now. <laughs> like it's, it's a been, little cringe. I've been for me with Roman. I have a couple of critiques, and again, this comes from not a place of like. I'm not a Roman stan, per se, and somebody called me that a couple months ago, and I was, like, deeply offended by that, and, like, we don't have time to unpack why, no, but... You're a Seth stan. <laughs> like, I stan a couple people, and Roman, I love Roman, I like Roman, I'm a fan of Roman, but Roman stan, like, I dedicate my life to that man, be for real, no. Um... And because I'm not a Roman stan, I feel like I can be realistic and say that I don't really think that Roman has produced that level, that like that level of quality of work that he kind of like, he kind of uh, prides himself on producing. I don't really think he's done that in a very long time. I would in fact say like the last time I felt like he's produced something that was like, in my opinion, like career defining quality was his match and feud with Jay um and he's had good matches he's had matches that I find memorable he's had matches that I liked I liked the triple threat at Mania with Edge and Daniel I liked um the triple threat with Biggie and Bobby Lashley that they had on Raw last year I liked um the match with Cesaro too like I thought those were some standouts but other than that I don't really think that Roman has done anything particularly that's been like super like oh my god this guy's just insane in a very long time and his character i feel like he has a really solid and interesting character but he has not had a solid and interesting feud in a very long since the j1 in my opinion the kevin owens one was kind of a little bit almost there the oh the seth one i'm sorry the seth one from earlier this year but it was so short-lived that it was like it's kind of hard to even really fully sink your teeth into it. Clean feet, so... cut her off. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> but, like, literally for me, like, the only two feuds that I were like, wow, that was that was godly, was the Jay and Seth ones. And I'm not just saying that because I'm a Jay and Seth fan. Like, if he had had that kind of thing with Brock or, like, and I enjoyed, for the most part, like, I thought the feud with Brock was fine. I, I liked the matches with Brock. I, I think Roman and Brock are those two people who can almost always have a good match with each other, so it doesn't matter how many times they do it, but it just isn't something that I'm like, oh my god, that was like legendary, the way that Roman presents himself. And then too, even like you said, like the <coughs> promos are kind of like, the promos are like kind of, rep I hate to say that the promos are repetitive because I kind of have a hot take on that whole thing, but like, You've the mentioned promos that, are, your beliefs on that to me before, at least once, Yeah, so. like, I think that, like, that's kind of when you have a solid character that is, like, defined, you're gonna kind of run into that. Um, it's kind of, like, the same thing when people say Bianca's promos are repetitive. Like, she always says, I'm the EST, I, she always says XYZ, and it's like, well, yeah, that's her character. Of course she's gonna say that. Same thing with Roman. But, like, also, it's kind of, like, when you don't even now too with him only working a limited schedule which we talked about earlier i don't have a problem with him working a limited schedule um but when you do work a limited schedule and you sh and when you do show up pretty much the only thing you do is cut a promo and it's the same promo like you know it just it's kind of like a little bit like it's like a watery soda right now and it has the potential to be good and it has the potential to be delicious and i still think that he has a lot more left in him, especially like brain wise. I don't really see them <coughs> taking that title off of him. Excuse me. Like it, they might take one of them, but I don't think they're they're going to take both. Um, 
And so, I don't know. I just kind of, I feel like I, if I could talk to Roman Reigns, I kind of want to, like, kick him in the ass a little bit and be like, come on, like, I know you have more in you. And as far as creative goes, I would say, please let him wrestle somebody current. (laughs) So, I, I think that, I mean, it's, I, I do, there, I mostly agree with, with what you said, for the most part. Um, but I think there are some caveats to it. I do think, overall, all around, the feud with Jay was just beyond excellent. I, I think that that was easily one of the best, or at least the top five best top three even, top three best stories that WWE has told across shows for a long time. I think that every single part of it was perfect. And there is I think one of the reasons for that is the fact that it had an explicitly unhappy ending. Mm -hmm. Um, It was novel. It was interesting. It let Jay in particular, break away so that you weren't just seeing either of the Usos under the guise of they're the Usos, you were seeing it as this is Jay and then later this is Jimmy. And so I have zero criticisms of of that. Um, It felt like after that, there was some stagnation. And then the feud with Seth I think is interesting because it sort of parallels what I feel about later the feud with Brock. I feel like the feud with Seth did nothing for Seth. I don't think it elevated his character. I think it just I reinforced agree. a lot of aspects of his character. Like, oh, Seth Rollins is playing mind games. Yeah. Scandalous! And I think um, that's part of, like, I think that's part of, like, why, for me personally, I'm so pissed off that it stopped there. Because it just, like you said, it didn't really do anything for Seth. It definitely, to me, I think it gave it a a lot more insight to Roman as a character, as a person. But it didn't do that for Seth. Um, sorry, I think I just got yelled at. Um. Oh, no. (laughs) Either way, uh... I, uh... Wow, crazy how that just immediately brought my mood down. I'm sorry. Awesome. Boy, I'm gonna get drunk tonight. Uh, because that's how we cope with things here, kids. Um, I, uh... Give me just a second, I gotta send a message. Okay. While Honey's sending the message, I'll entertain the folks. Can I just say, um, to be the resident Seth stan, though, one of my favorite things that did come from the Seth and Roman feud was um, Seth 
his line where Roman called him like a clown or something like that. So the next week he wore the purple and green suit, like the Joker inspired suit. And he said in a promo, like, um, you think I'm a clown, but I'm going to make you look like a fool or something like that. I was like, you know what? Seth is really fucking good at this. And like, to me, like, that was one of those moments where I was like, that's why I'm a Seth fan so much because he... He spits. He knows how to spit for real. Like, he knows how to say some real shit. Like, and I don't know. I miss him. Uh, I feel like he's in a really weird place right now, and I would like for him to go back to feuding with Roman because I think that they're both really strong characters and they can bring that out of each other. Um, but also, I would like to see other wrestlers also get the opportunity to bring that out of Roman, and we haven't really gotten that because he's been... He, He's been facing, like, old guys for, like, a year and a half now. I was just going to follow it up with, mm-hmm. I think that it did a lot for Roman. I think that bringing up John showed a weakness that we didn't get to see otherwise. Um, and I think that, like I said, is sort of a parallel. Um, I think, too, how Brock and Roman's feud has gone in that, I think, it has done more for Brock, and Roman has taken that sort of role of being reinforced, as opposed to having anything done for his character. So, that was was pretty much the end of... Well, I was also going to say that to me, the solution still stands clear to have him, you know, face Bianca, but... Yeah. Agreed. <laughs> well, this is a weird place to cut it off, but... Yeah. I guess I'm being yelled at to do housework, so I'm gonna go do housework. Um, song and match recommendation, um, I've got one. My my match recommendation is The Rock versus Bret Hart for the Intercontinental Championship. Um, from Raw, it, the date is March 31st, 1997. So the match is on YouTube, uh, or you can watch it on The Cock. Um, and my song recommendation, literally the only thing I have been listening to for the past week is Beyonce's album. So, I'll say listen to Heated from Beyonce's new album. I guess, match-wise, um, I don't know, watch an Eddie Guerrero match. Just to make yourself feel good. Um, song... All My Loving from Across the Universe. Um, but yeah, that, that, uh, that wraps this one up. Uh, 